0: Welcome to Holy Prophets Radio, a business show that applies God's Word to your work. Discussing business basics ranging from starting your own company to complex human resources challenges. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule, archived shows, helpful downloads, and much more at leadingforachange.com forward slash radio. Now, get ready to take your company to the next level by applying biblical truths to your work with Holy Prophets Radio, hosted by Bradley Waldrop. Good morning to, and welcome to Holy Prophets Radio. We are going to talk today a little bit about uh, business liability insurance that lasts. If you were here with us last week, we talked about the three key ingredients every company needs to conquer new territory. If you missed that show, please feel free to get online and download the archived shows. You can access the notes to that. You can also subscribe to our podcast, and our podcast is at... Um, Leading for a forward slash radio, a leading the number for a change forward slash radio. The, um, well, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash holy prophets. And I just wanted to kind of remind everyone that this week, May 2nd, mark your calendars for in the National Prayer Day. Um, We are going to have, certainly in downtown here in Asheville, we're going to be having some events starting around 11 o'clock in the morning, but uh, please mark your calendars for that and participate. And then this last week was really kind of interesting for me. I got a chance to go down to Spartanburg, South Carolina and sit and chat a little bit with a gentleman from a nonprofit organization called His Way at Work. The nonprofit organization for His Way at Work is dedicated to helping Companies implement a Christ-like figure or a Christ-like behavior style and series of tools inside companies and uh, be able to leverage biblical truths in the way that they build their businesses and treat one another, having an impact on the individuals at the company, those that they interact with, with whether they be vendors or customers, and, and their own community and I'm going to be having that person on here in the next few weeks we're going to talk a little bit about his program and and how you might be able to grab some of those key points and implement some of those uh, items in your own business And then the other announcement I want to make is that uh, we finally got a chance to roll out a brand new website for Holy Prophets Radio. It is holyprophetsradio.com. On that uh, website, you'll be able to just simply click a link and listen to us or stream us live right from there. We've embedded the video from Ustream right onto the website. We've also linked up our podcast to that, so if you're not currently a subscriber and would like to be a subscriber, you just just simply click on the podcast button. It'll take you right to the subscribe uh, website from uh, from Apple iTunes, and uh, you can get online that way it also has um, some information about our schedule that's coming up we're gonna be putting up information about the guests that are coming on and the resources that that come from this particular show whether they be downloads that you can implement in your business right away or other links to uh, other resources that we feel are are super helpful for you so as we get going today we're gonna talk about the business liability insurance that lasts Um, I'm not sure about you but I know that it sure seems to be an awful lot easier in business and lots of places in my life to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, But in the process, I I also want to talk about this concept of insurance, that that every business has some sort of insurance. And that insurance is, uh, is used for a couple of different reasons. And one of those major reasons is to mitigate risk. Uh, We have uh, lots of different ways to do that, but uh, we we tend to to rely on insurance, and we rely on insurance because it covers the gap just in case we make a mistake. Um, If you've ever had a chance to work with an insurance company, uh, for your business, oftentimes they'll sit and chat with you a little bit about what training programs you have in your own business, whether it be uh, for, for physical injury liabilities or general liabilities due to uh, just bad practices or, or missing something with your customers and not taking care of them the right way. Um, they, they will spend time with you in order to understand what your training program looks like because what they're trying to do is they're trying to inform you how to reduce risk with your standard processes and that reduction in risk will actually um, reduce your rates that means that you're not you're just not exposed to as much risk so in you know in regular business we spend an awful lot of time trying to figure out how to deliver the widgets but not necessarily how much time we're spending on the on the process and and how we're trying to take care of one another how we're trying to protect ourselves and um, what I what I want to say about that is that if you're a business leader right now and you are uh, running a shop that's somewhat in chaos, it's easy to manage chaos. Uh, you just put enough processes and procedures in place, you put enough uh, left red tape in there, and all of a sudden your progress stops, but you've certainly you certainly reduced your liability because now you have checks checks and balances for everything in there. Uh, one of my challenges is to businesses these days has been to look at their procedures uh, manual and take a page out once a year and try to figure out how to, how to actually embed the culture in the organization that takes care of one another, does the right thing, rather than uh, tries to pay attention to the checklist. So uh, if you're a business owner that that is sort of struggling with uh, how to cover risk and how to – how to better prepare you and your staff uh, so that that you don 't introduce risk, if you are one of those workers at work who sees risky situations um, and you 're trying to figure out what to do about it, I, I think this show is going to be for you um, you know if you if you are uh, one of those ministry leaders that, uh, that sees a new community coming together and you're trying to figure out how, um, how to go a, a new direction, uh, put together a new program, and you just haven't, um, you haven't been able to think about all the different things that could go wrong, uh, but you're, you're afraid of what can go wrong, I think today is going to directly apply to that. Uh, so just let, let's kind of get into that program a little bit what we're going to do is we're now in the conquest era and the conquest era is really um, joshua and the uh, the the, uh, the conquering of Canaan, the promised land. And without going into all the details, I thought it would be really great for us to just kind of get the highlights of the Battle of Jericho. Um, a lot of folks are really kind of familiar with the Battle of Jericho. If you are not, it's not very long. In Scripture, it's only 27 verses. It's chapter 6 of of the book of Joshua and uh, just so that we have a little bit of perspective Jericho was the first city conquered by Israel in Canaan and the the uh, the city of Jericho was the strongest fortress and the only walled city that that uh, has been uh, understood right now in that particular era what's also interesting about it is the high the um, the archaeological record is fantastic out at Jericho it shows an awful lot of biblical truth there and um, it's easy to hang your hat on that truth Um, so the the process was that God decided or God said that he was gonna gonna deliver Jericho To Joshua and the Israelites. So he asked Joshua to put together the army and and march around Jericho for seven days, but one time each day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they were to walk around Jericho seven times. They weren't supposed to be making an awful lot of noise and uh, rattling around. They were just to put the ark in front of the crowd, in front of the group, surround the ark with the priests, march behind the ark all the way around the city one time. And that was somewhat uh, close to 5 to 15 miles. It's hard to really tell uh, exactly from uh, the biblical record. I'm sure that somebody listening right now will probably call me and they'll give me an exact number. But... um, it's, a, it's a, a fairly decent walk, and um, they're walking around the city. They're putting God first. They're highlighting their faith in God in this process as they're walking around. They're proclaiming the truth of God as, as the ark of God is walking around, um, or they're walking the ark of God around uh, Jericho. And then on the seventh day, they do this seven times, and on the seventh time, the trumpets blare, and they shout, And the walls come tumbling down, just absolutely tumbling down. What's amazing is that the archaeological record actually shows food stores under rubble which means that the city was not taken by siege. It means that, that the individuals were not running into the city and grabbing everything they possibly could. The walls absolutely collapsed. And um, and God had, had them burn everything except the precious metals, uh, gold, bronze, and iron, uh, and, and put that into God's treasury. So that's the story that we're going to talk a little bit about today and try to figure out how to apply that. But... If you, if, you talk, if you think about what that is, that's a, that's a risky move by Joshua. That is uh, going out on faith. That is trying to figure out how to listen very clearly and follow through. And uh, he's, he, he has a lot at risk. Uh, the biggest, strongest fortress, he could have looked like an absolute fool if he didn't follow the rules. He could have looked like a, like a, a weakling if he hadn't uh, really sort of relied on God and God's provision in all of this. So what, what my takeaways there are is that, one, there's an obedience to God's will. Two, there is um, seeking God's guidance. And the last is expecting the miracle. And, uh, you know, it, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to, after the break, when we get back, we're not going yet, but when we get back, we're going to talk about how to apply that to your work and your business. So, seeking God's guidance. This is, you know, in the very beginning of this story, Joshua hears very clearly what the rule is, what God has asked him to do. I find it really interesting that he doesn't sit around and say, well, are you sure, God? I mean, I heard what you said, but I think you're kind of crazy. Have you seen this city? He doesn't do any of that. He simply internalizes what God has to say to him. He knows what the promise of God is to deliver this land to the Israelites. And he, he has a heart for God. He understands who God is in his life and in his nation. And he and he has clung to this this truth. Um, so what he does next, after he is getting God's guidance, he obeys God's will. And this obedience of God's will is really kind of interesting. He he understood exactly what God said, and then he went to the troops and he cast this vision. He said, here's the deal. This is what God told us to do. He is, he is not only being obedient himself, but he's exposing himself as someone who can hear from God. He's exposing himself as... Um, uh, po- possibly a, a lunatic. Uh, you know what do you mean? God talked to you directly. I mean, if you if you look at the Bible, there are not that many people that that clearly heard word for word what God said to them. And uh, and so Joshua has this this army uh, that he's asking uh, to follow his his direction. And when you look across the valley and you see the big walled city, and the direction is this is what we're going to do, guys. Y'all are going to pick up the ark. Priests, I want you around the ark. Uh, all you lawyers and what have you, I want you walking around the city. And that's all I want you to do. I want you to do that for six days. Just once. I mean, I can't even imagine what it had to have felt like to be in that army to say, um, Joshua, are you sure? You're, kind of, you're, I think you're kind of crazy. Well, he didn't, he didn't stand for that. He just said, this is what we're going to do. And he demanded that everybody did that. And at the end of every day, he said, thank you for doing that. Now tomorrow we're going to do it again. And then he was very clear about what he had to do on the seventh day. And he was very clear to the troops. We're going to go around. I don't want you to do anything until you hear the, bl- the, the blowing of the trumpets. I don't want you to shout until I say shout. I want you to be very disciplined in your process here. We're going to obey God's word. And we're going to obey what he says to do. And we're going to do this one step at a time. All the way around, all the way around, and then finally it falls. Um... And then last, but not very not least, not only did, did um, Joshua and the tru- or Joshua himself, but the troops, they expected the miracle. They would have never done what they were doing if they didn't understand who God was. They didn't, would have never done uh, this, this sort of walk around the city and imagine that God would do the rest if they didn't understand the personality and the strength and the power of God in this conquest. So when we get back... From our break, we are going to talk about how to take the seeking of God, obeying God's will, and expecting a miracle to your business to reduce risk. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Holy Prophets Radio. I'm glad that you continue to join us after the break. Before the break, we were talking about the Battle of Jericho and how to apply the Battle of Jericho, the key key principles there, to business. And, And the key principles we were discussing before the break were seeking God's guidance, obeying God's will, and then expecting the miracle. And, uh, you know, a lot of us in business, I, I think, I don't know, may, maybe it's just me. Uh, but uh, we tend to sort of imagine that God is in, in, interested in everything except work. Uh, we, go to, we go to church on Sunday. We figure out how to interact with one another. We figure out how um, we should really be behaving in our own community, how we should be um, uh, caring and loving for our family. And then when we go to work on Monday, it's almost as if um, God's not there. And uh, we just kind of forget that God does care about every minute of every day and that God is there with us. Uh, no matter what we're struggling with, no matter whether or not uh, we have a, a CEO to answer to, a board of directors to answer to, a supervisor to answer to, we, we always have someone to answer to. And um, – you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I just have an absolute passion for going and digging into the scriptural truth and trying to figure out how that really applies to what we're doing. And, um, you know, with that, I just want to talk a little bit about the seeking of God's guidance. You know, not all of us get a chance to hear, like Joshua heard directly from God, this is what I want you to do. And, uh, you know, through my life, I have realized that God is talking to me in a number of different ways. He's talking to me uh, by the opportunities he gives me. He's talking to me by the challenges he's, that, that that small, sm- that, that still quiet voice inside me is asking me to, to take on. Uh, he has surrounded me by a number of individuals who just say things that I look at him and say, Wow, I have no idea why you would have said that. But I appreciate you saying what you said when you said it because I needed that kind of encouragement or I needed that kind of of advice so uh, you know first and foremost, I think that every one of us uh, really need to uh, to spend, including me, spend more time uh, in prayer with God. you know the Bible asks us to be in continual prayer with God, and that is kind of crazy. I mean, imagine what it would li- what life would be like if if you could figure out how to be in continual prayer and drive down the freeway and drink your coffee um, you know or order your breakfast in the morning and, and kind of go on with your day and sit in your in your boardroom and, and be in this continual conversation with God um, it would certainly make make a big difference in our lives it's it's hard to understand uh, but but prayer is a big deal. And in business, prayer is a, a monstrous deal. And one of the things that you can do is you can certainly pray before you go into every meeting. You can pray after you get out of every meeting. You can uh, pray before you walk into the door. You can pray down the hallway. Nobody needs to know exactly what you're praying about. You don't have to scream and shout. Uh, it's a personal conversation with God about what your task is for the day, that you might seek his face and understand him and his personality and where he would have you go. Um, and then and then the next piece is to, to seek God's guidance by knowing God through his word. And it's kind of interesting. I was watching a TV show just this last week, and uh, in the TV show, uh, one person was, was coming in and asking for advice, and, he, and, and the other buddy looked at him and said, well, I don't know. What do you think your dad would do? And I thought it was kind of telling because we do know our parents in a way that we would – uh, we know how to behave. We know what they would expect. And God has asked for us to have that same sort of relationship with him, that if we know him and his personality and what his power is and what his uh, desire for our own life is, then it would be easier for us to make those decisions at work that are consistent with that. Uh, we we could literally go back and say, what does dad want us to do? And what what would dad do in this situation? And if if dad would do it, now is the time for us to do it. So um, you know, knowing, knowing God. And then the last, last piece in there, seeking God's guidance, I would recommend that everybody in business, no matter whether you're, you're, you're the worker or you're the supervisor or you're the owner, find a group of advisors. Just an ad hoc advi- set of advisors. Uh, every one of us can't know everything about everything. First thing, thing to admit is that we don't. And uh, by, by knowing that we don't know everything, it's easy for us to get a group of people together and say, hey, you know what? I'm not the best at finance. I'm not the best at insurance. I'm not the best at human resources. I'm not the best at leading teams. I'm not the best at administrative tasks. Uh, I need somebody on, a, on on an advisory team. I don't even need them to do much work, except for pray for me and give me advice. And and uh, you know, I personally get a chance to do that. I, I call a guy uh, once a month, and uh, he he has some skills that I don't and John if you are listening, thank you very much for uh, participating with me on on a very uh, regular monthly basis and holding me accountable to those things that we talk about that you're better at than I'm that I'm not Uh, and uh, I would recommend that you find that Uh, and if you're in a business find those individuals that can help you with the operations of the business that sort of set of trusted advisors Uh, throw together an ad hoc uh, board of directors that meets once a month and uh, and has lunch or something together and uh, and gives you that kind of advice They, they they would love to do that they, and uh, they would bring value to their day and they would give you some really great things now after you have all that advice the, the trick there is, is then trying to figure out how to obey God's will right? we, we have lots of things that tempt us <laughs> Lots of things that draw us away from where we think we need to be or where God wants us to be. And that is this, uh, you know, writing down the plan and, and publishing the plan. You know, if if you have heard from your advisors what you should be doing, uh, it's a good idea to write it down and give it to someone. Allow them to hold you accountable. Allow them in love to come to you and say, uh, you know, hey, John, Dave, Susie, uh, Bradley, I I heard what you said. I saw what you wrote down. And what you just did is not consistent with that. And that kind of, of uh, correction is really fantastic. It develops integrity in your own life. That integrity creates a better trusted leader. The integrity means that you do what you say you're going to do. And you say what you're going to do, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it's earning your keep and keeping your word... All the way through and having someone in a group hold you accountable it doesn't have to be a public group it it can be one or two people send them a list ask them to hold you accountable Um, that is a um, a really fantastic way of finding God's will and following through on God's will when you're developing the teams at work empower them to hold one another accountable most supervisors don't have the time to run around with a big stick and cracking people over the, over the head or over the knuckles. Uh, they don't want to. Um, they, they have much bigger fish to fry on a daily basis. But the team members themselves, if you create a trusted environment, will hold one another accountable to deliver on the promises that the team has made. That brings the team together, that allows the team to focus on what's most important, and it empowers the team to correct their own mistakes. And, uh, you know, we all make mistakes. We all fall flat on our face. It feels really strange for, for uh, some individuals. You know, when I, when I do some coaching one-on-one uh, with, uh, with business owners or even up-and-coming leaders in companies, uh, they sit down with me and they feel like they're coming to the principal's office. And that's a very strange feeling. It it sort of closes off the conversation right away. But if you're in an environment that has already empowered this this accountability amongst the team, then it comes at a completely different mood, a different attitude, and everyone is much more open to those kinds of corrections, as long as it's not ridicule. It's a a private conversation oftentimes to come back and say, hey, look, you know what? I saw the list of things that we're supposed to be doing and the the, the way we're supposed to behave. and, and, uh, And I know what the goal and the mission of this particular Company is, and I don't think that what we just did there was beneficial. Uh, how can I help you, so that we don't do that again the next time? And uh, that kind of conversation is is a pleasant conversation, and and it comes across as, hey, look, I care for you, I care for this business, I care for this organization, and I care for our calling by God to deliver on whatever this is that we're doing. And uh and in order to do that, uh we're going to do this together. And uh you correct me, I'll correct you and and we'll go from there. The last piece of this, you know, we've we've sort of seen how you can seek God's guidance uh through lots of things in your own environment, the people around you and being deliberate in doing that. Uh and then how we can develop this plan of accountability to obey God's will. And then the last bit is to expect a miracle. I mean, if 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 you if we walk back to the first week of this show when we talked about the Genesis era, God created the earth. And he created the earth in a breath. It was like, wow, there it is. God has so much power that he has the power to do whatever he wants to do. And as long as we continue to work in his will, we are to literally expect him to do his will, which most of us say, I can't do on my own, which is really great. It's a wonderful place to be. It's almost as if uh, you could literally be worshiping God at work by expecting the miracle that he's asking for you to participate in. And you get a chance to be part of the miracle. You get to witness the miracle. You get to see... God, do different things in your own life. I mean, a good practical application of this. uh, I'm just recently relocated to the East Coast from the West Coast. I've been here nine months, and when I got here, I didn't know anybody. I have had a chance, a wonderful privilege to participate in a local local economy here uh, with new clients with individuals who care about me and my business, with a local publication that does Christian news, and I get a chance to write in the business and ethics section once a month. I get to uh, help coordinate and administrate the uh, Christian business uh, fellowship program that we have here. And and then I, I get a chance to be on the radio once a week. Uh, a year ago, I would have never expected any of that. Those are small miracles in my own life that I get a chance to participate in. Those are things that God has done that I couldn't have done on my own. There are also businesses out there right now who I heard about this last week with uh, the the nonprofit organization, His Way at Work, that have been praying for God to figure out how to get them the right leader or the right tools to implement God's will in their work so that they have uh, an environment at work that has staying power, that has individuals who care for Christ, who ha- can be a witness to others, and the The side benefit of all of that is the profitability in the organization goes up, and the retention of the, the organization goes up. And I got a chance to hear about some of the miracles that God has done in major organizations. Uh, they had a summit last year, and we'll talk a little bit about that when the, when the guest comes on. But they had a summit last in January in uh, Mexico, where they had some of the largest companies in Mexico. Come together to say, This is something I want to do and I want to help other people do. I mean, imagine what life could be like at your job if you were to seek God's guidance, get God's will. In your, in your life through accountability and expect the miracle and participate in the miracle. And it would be absolutely amazing. So if I were you, I would start that prayer. I would go find your group of advisors. I'd write it down and divulge those secrets to other people. This is what I think God wants me to do and I need for you to hold me accountable. And then sit and wonder when God delivers on those miracles. And next week when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about something I'm absolutely passionate about, leadership styles and their consequences when we talk about the judges' era. Thanks for listening.